I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for that's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny. I'm with Dana and Elliot. And I'm going to say, guys, first time in a long time, what a horrendous week it was. Um, Middlesbrough have failed to win again. Um, and it's now three games where we've played the bottom three and only had three shots on target in 180 minutes um, of not a shot on target either um you need shots and you need goals to win football matches and the mills just aren't doing it um but dana i'm gonna start off with you at a wet windy barnsley yesterday um it was pretty brutal not gonna lie being there myself but it was in awful conditions and it was an awful performance on it yeah completely lethargic and i mean i looked at the team before kickoff and i said it on twitter that i'm i'm not saying a thing and that's because people usually uh criticize fans for for slating a team before they've kicked a ball but I looked at that team and I knew we were going to lose. Mm. You've got three players there that have spent a large part of the season out injured. Two centre-halves that are woefully off the pace in Shotton and Friend. Um, and Barnsley just wanted it more than us. You know, They were more energetic, they were they were quicker, they were hungrier. And they deserved the victory in the end. And I've got a few stats actually from yesterday. It was Barnsley's first win in seven against Borough. Of course, the jinx start of the day from last week. I need you. I told you. You've got to stop doing it. I'm not, doing, I'm not it. doing it this week. I said to Elliot before, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. Um, I've cursed the football gods, haven't I? Uh, but yeah, they hadn't kept a clean sheet at home since the opening day of the season. And um, Borough are now second bottom uh, in the form table. So we've gone from top of the form table to uh, second bottom. 
you'll have to see it. You'll have to see it else. Um, I alluded to it there um, in the opening, about 180 minutes um, against the bottom two teams in the division. No shots on target um, in general. So why do you think Mills were so toothless going forward? Not just in this, well, not just these last two games, but the whole season as well. Um, it obviously comes down to the, the tactics um, and the man management. Um, I think the, the players have, have more than got enough to do it. That they've showed in um, various spells this season that they can do it, um, and you know some of them have, have done it throughout their careers. Some of the more experienced players, um, the, the better than the current position that we lie in. So, uh, yeah, I think the way we're setting up tactically um, and, and whether the belief's there in the players as well. So, mm. looking, looking at the game yesterday, um, Woodgate went with experience, more of an experienced lineup. Um, Michael Dave, Dave Fortune, uh, sent me a little stat as well. All the defence yesterday um, are either on loan or out of contract as well. Um, so you can, we'll come to that in a second, but more of the experienced back line as well. Did it essentially just backfire straight away with him, especially with like the younger players playing reasonably well as well when they've been playing. Yeah, um, Dana said it very well there with Shotton and uh, Friend. They're just they're just way off the pace. Um, I don't see why we've reverted to type. It's kind of you know we felt like we had to play the younger players out of necessity when we had all his injuries. It's like well, okay, then maybe started to decline a little bit um, from the performances over Christmas, but surely we'll. Were much better um, with Spence and, and Coulson. Um, yeah, we are sort of we? on the wings, that, you know, than what we seen yesterday. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit baffling, really. Um, obviously, when they were back, the, the you know the senior players are not just going to, um, you know, be happy. We're just sitting on the bench. They obviously would have said to Woodgate, we, you know, are we going to be back involved at some point? And uh, maybe it was one of those where we'll you know we'll give you a chance then to to play now that you're back from injury, but. Um, you know, like you say, that none of them um, from the latest update. We were just chatting about it in the car, me and dinner about um, you know the latest update on contracts. The only one who is kind of close to signing a contract according to Woodgate is is Housen. Um, you know, there's been nothing from Shotton, nothing from um, Marvin Johnson, nothing from Clayton Ingerstead. There's been murmurs about Danny Ayala and Friend, but um, with them perhaps taking a, w- uh, a wage cut. So you look at it and you think, well, how committed are any of that back five, like like you allude to? So, mm. I did, I did, honestly, I didn't get it from uh, from Woodgate when he came out and said that, you know, they don't have the experience. Well, you know, Jed Spence and Ian Coulson have been two of our better performers this season. Are probably the reason why Jonathan Woodgate is still in a job. So, you know, you play your best team, and no best Borough team has George Friend and Ryan Shotton in it, and Marvin Johnson. I, I mean. I just, it it baffled me. The team selection baffled me. I looked immediately at the midfield and I knew that we'd, we'd lose the midfield battle. We did. Um, Barnsley just ran all over us in the middle. I thought Alex Moore, um, most passes, third most touches, most tackles. He ran the show. Again, if I can see it, why can't, why, why can't we get, like, I can see it. That midfield is not good enough. And I don't know why he keeps putting in a, a, an extra striker, the midfield is where we're struggling the most and yeah, he, he, he keeps pairing Brick with Fletcher and they're getting absolutely no service because of the, ineffe- the just how ineffective the midfield is. Mm. I think with Woodgate, it's a, it's a, def- it's a defender's perspective. Um, when you play as a defender, that you think, well, what's going to make my life 
more difficult and you're going to go centre forward I'll put another centre forward on you say like 4v4 one versus like 1v1 essentially um, but with that you cut off your circulation with your midfield and you re- you don't really realise that your midfield creates a lot of your opportunities unless you're like the likes of Lionel Messi or Ronaldo or Neymar Mbappe um, who are able to create something out of absolutely nothing and even my breath rate at Barcelona. Oh, God, what joking. sort of alternate I'm universe joking. have you landed ourselves um, <laughs> Oh, God, I'll come to that in a bit. Um, but you know, we don't have the... Unfortunately, the players that we have don't have the ability to create something out of nothing. Um, going, well, the strikers don't. Um, when I looked at Ravel Morrison yesterday, he has so much ability. When, when he's on the ball, he's, he's, he looks superb. He looks like he's just one step ahead of everyone else. But... When he looked up yesterday, there was nothing with him. There was just he'd look up, he he turn, try and get the ball from pairs, um, and then he look up and there's just nothing there. There's everyone's back, uh, back, um, off facing the position. They're walking forward, and it was just frustrating for him. And I can understand why he was frustrated when he got took off because um, he arguably wanted Boris better players. Um, I thought Savo was poor yesterday. Um, I, I, he wanted to try and put him in that Clayton role, and it just didn't it work. Isn't working, it is didn't it? work for him. Um, he needs someone with him to play in that position. Lewis Wing looked like he was chasing shadows uh, for the majority of a football match. And look, with Lewis Wing, you need uh, for that type of play and with flair players, you need structure around them yeah, to, for them to be successful. Um, and we just didn't have it really. Um, they got the two v ones midfield, made things difficult. The conditions were the same for both teams. We didn't utilize it. The first eight minutes we utilized it, and after that we did nothing. Um, and it just didn't really work at all. And I think we definitely deserved the defeat. And unfortunately, it's it's kind of a sign of the times of where we're at because I don't think we deserve pretty much anything at the minute. I think we have naivety. We mm. don't have structure. <laughs> uh, we don't have the effort to want to play. Um, I think a lot of the players thought that it was pretty much done and dusted the relegation scrap when we won four in the spin. Well, we were ten points and off the the bottom three. Then now we're yeah. only three. And to be honest, the, we all know the championship changes very very quickly. It can take you a week and you're back in in trouble again. And we deserve to be exactly where we're at. Um, and I think we're going only one way. It's backwards, and that's the brutal necessity of it. But in terms of the team yesterday, Dan, I know you alluded to it more of like the three midfield. Um, Dave Fortune sent the question in of fielding a team heavily loaded with players that are out of contract or on loan do you think it's having a negative effect on performances and showing a lack of commitment and the reason why I'm saying that is because when you haven't got much um, commitment to a club are you really bothered are you really wanting to fight are you, re- are you just looking ahead to next season um, and looking to get another club don't know. I feel like if you are out of contract, surely there's an extra initiative to perform there for you know a potential suitor. I don't think it's playing players that are out of contract or on loan. I just think we are playing players that you know Woodgate was saying about senior players, experienced players. They're players that aren't good enough. Mm. You know, a fully fit George Friend is not good enough. So a half fit George Friend is definitely not good enough. And I just it frustrated me so much and I'm I'm getting so irritated talking about it talking about the, the midfield talking about the setup talking about the personnel you know our best setup was what you were saying last week Elliot that 3-4-2-1 formation where we had the two roaming number 10s pulling players out of position and you had Clayton and Savile there you know Clayton really being the holder midfielder and then Savile having the license to be the, the kind of box-to-box midfielder at the moment it's not working and you have to sit 
sit back and think, right, we're in February. Does Woodgate know his best team? Does Woodgate know his best formation? And what exactly is our style of play? Because these are all questions that I've I've written down here on my notes. I don't I don't get it. I can't. You know, I have a, f- a fair idea of what our best team is, but we'll get to the same too. You know, with the chopping and changing, with the you know constant switching things up, and, mm. and I get it, keeping people on their toes. But we should know our, or he should know our best setup and our best system, our best team. And I don't think he does. That's it. It must be. It must be like blinkered vision almost of what happens in training during the week um, when they play against each other. Someone must look like an absolute world beater to keep getting in the team. Um, you know, because like you said, that that formation that we were playing um, with the specific players that you mentioned was when we were playing well. And surely there's a a level of analysis that the coaching team must do and think, you know what? Actually, we were playing well at that point, and they must sit back and watch the footage of it and and um, you know do almost a, a Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher Monday night. They'll, they'll draw around it and, and see obviously um, Tav and, and Roberts at the time um, what they were doing in uh, in those little pockets of space. Uh, you know, whatever's changed in that time to just completely... How many formations have we cycled between in the last six weeks? Yeah. Um, it's just it's just stupid. Um, a so random I, formation picker, he just... He's, I don't know, he just Yeah, seems just spin to the just, wheel yeah, and we'll, we'll go with that one today, one. yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. We've, like, um, another question, really, was about... Uh, I don't know if you've seen it in the Gazette as well, but it was in, in Woodgate's post-match presser. Um, he said, I have been playing young players and we're in the... We're in three points off the relegation zone, essentially slating the likes of Jed and Coulson. Um, Jed Spence was out the squad yesterday completely, um, so he needs to keep working. Um, do you think it's a bit harsh, Els, especially with when Jed's came and he's, he's looked very bright. Coulson's looked quite good as well. Appreciate the both very, very young, so the, you're going to have a lot of inconsistencies there. Hence why probably Barnsley are towards the bottom of the league. I think, I think their average age is about 22, 21, yeah. 22. Um, so you're going to have their inconsistencies but when they click like they did against Fulham they click very very well um, when they don't it's just it's it's a nightmare um, but do you think Woodgate was almost pretty harsh really on, on the younger players yeah really it's almost like it's an excuse isn't it now that it's going bad you, you know when it was going well it was like oh the players are excellent and then we sign them all up on, on new contracts and then when you're three points off the bottom it's kind of oh, let's blame it on them it's like the whole season's been diabolical, apart from like a apart from a four-game spell. So you can't blame it solely on them. It's you know it's probably more the experienced players who are letting the team down because you know people like Jed Spence wasn't expected to perform anyway. He was you know who thought he was even going to play a league game this season? Never mind, um, you know, do as well as he has, score a goal in a, in a one-nil win at home, and um, earn himself a new contract. So. Yeah, it, it was just a bit of a, a baffling statement for me. Mm. Uh, Denny, were you saying, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be, you know, in the Woodgate income fully with comments like that. I mean, like I mentioned, I think the likes of Spence and Coulson are keeping Woodgate in a job, and <laughs> we were making a, a little bit of of a meme out of the whole. I've got options, Dawn, thing last week. Well, at the moment, I wish he didn't have options because his best, you know, the best period of Borough season was when we were struggling with... When we had McNair centre-half with yeah. Housen. Yeah, exactly. When we had players out injured, suspended, whatever. And now that he seems to have a, a good crop of players to, to pick from, it's, you know, our form's completely dipped. And, mm. you know, I, 
for me, just just play the youngsters. Just play the youngsters because they're only going to grow and learn by playing football games. Mm. And they have been two of our better performers this season, so why drop them for two ageing, slow, lethargic players? I mean, Borough were completely lethargic yesterday, and not surprised you've got three players there that were out injured, like like I mentioned at the top. Like it's, I, I just didn't get the, the selection. I'm, I'm not, not getting his yeah. comments as well. Not only if um, that they're, you know, they're slow and lethargic, it's like if they're not going to be here, what, what yeah, again, what's the point? So it's kind of like we might as well just play um, the younger lads anyway, and you know, if we are going to get beaten, possibly even go down there, the the people who are going to be here and key players anyway next yeah, exactly. season. So it's kind of exactly. no point trying to scrape up with players who are probably not going to be here next season, um, whether that be if we stay up and if we go down, they're definitely not going to be here. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's just a bit baffling. Mm, question from Joseph Coombs. Well, I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, are, are we going down? Um it's really hard to say. I think Judson on these last three games, it's it's looked, um, you know, it's increased by every game. You're thinking, okay, the Wigan game, we're away from home, you know, we've got a draw. You think um, next two games, building it, maybe pick up four points at least, um, but at least try and pick up six, but, you know, not even a shot on target. I mean, where do you go from here now playing Leeds on, on Wednesday? So, um I can't see where the points are going to come from, um, personally. So, how many games left? 12, is it? I think. Um, 36 points to play for. You need, I reckon, you need about, I reckon you need about six wins to still. The, 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 what was the, the golden number of this season? 50, 50, is it? 50, we're on 50 30, points is the golden number. 37, yeah. 36. Um, so. It's worrying, isn't it? Yeah, it is I'm worrying. trying to think where in the form of the, the teams below us now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm quite scared to be honest, especially coming with Leeds and Forest up next. If we had someone maybe mid-table who maybe doesn't have something to play for, um, you can maybe see us nicking a result. Um, but against teams who are very highly motivated to to come to Borough and win, um, yeah. I'm, I'm fearing to see what it's going to be like in the, this time, sort of. Well, in na- nine days' time. So. Mm. Well, you you asked it, didn't you, Johnny? Like a few podcasts ago about Wilbur go down. I think we all agree that the three teams below us, or that the, the three teams in the bottom three, uh, are worse than us. And yeah, we've we've handed them points and given them momentum. I think uh, wasn't it Luton's second successive win when they beat yeah. us? Yeah, and then Barnsley have you know two wins in, in a row as well. So we're giving the teams below us momentum. The chance, yeah. Yeah, and form and, and points. And yeah, I think by the end of those two games against Leeds and Forest, we probably will find ourselves in the bottom three. I, I firmly believe that. And um, at the moment, we are sleepwalking to League One and that's the brutal reality of it. We've got some games, um, obviously, within that light I mentioned about mid-team, uh, mid-table teams. And um, I think we've got Charlton to play as well, obviously, away from home. Um, I think that's what we've got to be targeting to to pick up the points. Obviously, it's not kind of to say it's a, a free hit, and we know we're going to get beat by Leeds Forest. Obviously, the effort still has to be there, and we still have to go out trying to believe, you know, w- we can come away with something. Otherwise, you know, it's just the mentality's gone, and we are going to go down. But um, you know, realistically, you know, we don't play anyone below us now. I don't think anymore. We've we've played Huddersfield twice, I believe, have we? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we obviously played um, the bottom three. We have Charlton twice. So it's just Charlton, and then you know anyone who's maybe in the, the five or six places above us, um, where we've got to pick up the points. Really, um, maybe Stoke is it Stoke away? We yeah, maybe we have to play Stoke as well. Yeah, um, so you're looking at them and think we're going to need some big performances because we we only won those two away games against Westmore and Preston all season. So. Yeah, very worrying times. It is worrying, um, and I probably can't defend any of it, to be honest. I think on, on what Gert's perspective, it's I, I love to say that he's got he's been dealt a bad hand and he hasn't had the chance, um, but it, the more as the season goes on, the less likely we look like we want to play for him, but also... Um, he has spent he has spent money, um, and every single player that he's brought in hasn't featured. Um, Stjanovic hasn't even appeared on the bench yet. Um, Max Brown's scoring worldies and playing well for for Oxford right now. Uh, Mark Ball is back at Blackpool for a bit. Um, Dick Steele's injured, and I'm honest, he's going to he would have been out on loan anyway. So you've given money, um, and they haven't featured. And the match is not really set the world alight. Roberts was a, a good sign. I think McCoolie's a good signing. Um and I think uh I think Morris uh, Ravel Morrison's a, an okay signing as well. But in terms of the money he's actually physically spent, you can't really you can't really justify his signings and if you if he stays on board at the end of the season and you stay up just, um how much money do you give him and how much how much should you really trust him with it? Uh it's getting to a point now where it's becoming very difficult uh, for Gibson to actually say, well, I should really keep you in a job unless there's a lot more underneath the surface than we, we think there is. Um, but yesterday I was at the game and I was saying to Tom Green before the game and my dad as well, who we was saying yeah, this this game pretty much is a mugger at Barnsley game and where it was his last game, he got booed out the stadium and that, that hurt me when Mugger got booed out. Mm. Because uh, he's done loads uh, for the club, but in terms of Woodgate, he had that very similar treatment. Um, he was booed quite aggressively. Um, fans started to sing, "You're not fit to wear this shirt" as well. Um, that was a good three thousand fans all in unison. A huge chorus of it. Um, players obviously clapped the the fans off. That Gestead thing. I'm going to say it now before I come to the question. Gestead actually did nothing wrong in that whole thing. Uh, fan was pretty much verbally abusing him. He said, "Stop swearing in front of your kid." Point him, please stop swearing. And then he got uh, pretty much verbally abused by a lot of fans as well. Um, Jesus. Hashtag be kind, and, and then we all do that. But here mm. we go. Um, so were Borough fans right to sing? You're not fit to wear a shirt. The, the shirt to the, the Borough players, essentially, because my answer is we were absolutely spot on to sing that. Mm. Um, well, you pay your money, don't you? So I suppose you are entitled to, but um, I don't know. I, I'm very much one of those fans that just stands there in utter disgust, but silent disgust. It's it's more internal than... Judge <laughs> than them in, in the head. Judge them internally, Throwing darts at the wall when she gets along. <laughs> Giving the silent treatment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. Just got four as a tab and the wall's throwing darts at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I have to agree with you, Johnny. I think it's, um, yeah, the, uh, you know, every fan's got the right to if you, you're paying the money. Um, you know, on, on the flip side of that, it's kind of, you know, from from the players' point of view, um, you know, I, I guess every player who come out and say it's not that the, it's not through lack of trying. It's you know, 
it's a culmination of factors that have came together that are um, resulting in bad performances um, and, you know, maybe a lack of, you know, it's almost in the subconscious really of, um, you know, you might think you, you, you're up for the game and you, you're wanting to play well, but really you might be kind of shying yourself out with tackles or kind of man-marking someone instead of making yourself open for space and so on. And it might just be subtle little things like that, which are obviously um, resulting in what's happening. Um, not really wanting the ball, so... Um, you know, uh, with from the players' point of view, that's what they're thinking. But obviously, from the fans' point of view, where we currently are in the league and um, the performances we we've had this season um, for the team on paper is is pretty subpar, really. Um, like we've been saying about a sort of a transition season, um, you know, <laughs> it's not a going down season. Um, you know, unless it was kind of said, okay. <coughs> don't expect anything from this season and we're just going to completely revamp the club but that's that's not that's not happening anyway because it's you know it's we are all of the things that we've mentioned earlier on in the season haven't happened anyway okay yeah we started to bring in some younger players in our recruitment policy other than that we've you know there's <laughs> there's been no director of football there's been no high quality coaches that have came in um you know there's been People who are getting the job are closely related to the club or have worked for the club before. Um, you know, there's not a thought for, you know, we'll get the best person for the job regardless of who that may be. Um, so it's just the, the problems still still lie higher up. So it's kind of it's it's just fall falling apart in, in front <laughs> of our eyes this this whole season. And um, you know, we all thought we'd maybe turned a corner at Christmas, but like you say, that was just. Like we said, regression in the mean. So it's kind of um, we are where we are, and you, you have to take each result with a pinch of salt. And if you want to look at it that way, hey, oh, we might beat Le- we might beat Leeds and Forest. We beat West Brom and Preston <laughs> away from home. So I honestly won't be knows. surprised. About I, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm it. just trying to think in a in a happier light on on because <laughs> if you're thinking of how the last three games have went, you you just you're gonna put nailed on defeats for these two games. So you know, if you don't. If you don't laugh, you, you'll cry, won't you? So, <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, it was a good point about about like the Christmas period, though. Like, I firmly believe that that was the point at which Borough would kick on, and we have regressed. It, it's like we've taken two steps forward and, and a gazillion back, and yeah, patience is just wearing a bit thin. And, and you mentioned quality coaches there. Only Borough could have Robbie Keane as an attacking coach and not register a single shot on target in 180 minutes against two of the bottom three. Yeah, just says everything, doesn't it? Mm, it definitely does. Um, with that though, I think the only way when when we chat about you're not fit to wear the shirt and Middlesbrough aggressing and, and fans getting really frustrated, the only way that Middlesbrough will un- will fully change now it's not by chanting, it's by the feet. Really, it's if if Borough fans don't show up, then that's that's when people start to listen. Um, and the football's a business. Um, if you're giving money to the club, you actually essentially um, well, you are funding the project that's, yeah, that's, that's what, going on. That's uh, what happens, isn't it's it? It's not yeah. like, well, look, at the end of the day, Middlesbrough is not in a position where it's like Blackpool. It's not like, it was like the Venkies at um, Blackburn, Blackburn yeah. ori- ori- uh, originally, and it's, it's tied down a little bit now, but um, there's, we're not like the Leeds United where like uh, Selena was in charge and they were bankrupt, and it's not like a Bury or anything like that. It's not like, it's not that bad. Um but people are getting frustrated because it's it's things more or less of year after year after year after year after year of like just cutting corners 
going with like Steve Agnew, job oh, for the boys. God, um, <laughs> and people just get annoyed. And I think when we go down this route and they say, oh, well, there's a lot of pressure for us to succeed. You know, it's not pressure. Like, for playing football's not pressure. You're like, you're earning, you're going to go home. Like, like take a set, for example. I, I shouldn't really have a go at Gusted, but it's like, it's not his fault that he's on 40 grand a week. It's not his fault that we paid 7 million for him. It's not his fault that, like, we're in that position. It's it's Middlesbrough's fault well, yeah, for, it's for the, paying. It's the industry and, obviously, the clubs for, and the agents, isn't it? It's yeah. like, you know, if someone, if your agents negotiated a deal for you for, for 30 or 40k a week, you're not going to be like, oh, actually, nah, because the fans are going to kick off six months down <laughs> yeah. the line. You, obviously, <laughs> you're going to accept it, it's, aren't you? It's, so. it's not his fault, but yeah. when they say, like, pressure, like, he's going home with, like, big house, big... Uh, like lump of cash, getting like two point one million a year or something. If he's on forty k, like that's not pressure, man. Like a Borough fan resonates with the club because it's like grit, determination. Like that's what I think like Borough's about. And people scrape like cash to like go and watch them, and then like the put performances in like that, then they're not really bothered. Like I don't think half the team's asked to be honest. Um, I think most of them would just be, want to be off in the summer anyway. And we're just going to go, keep going backwards, keep going backwards, keep going backwards until eventually you're going to get to a point where it's going to be like a big full circle where Gibson eventually took over in 86 and we were in the, we were in the shambles and we were like League One, I think, when he took over, I think. Um, it's going to be full circle. We're going to go back into that because it's just we're cut corners and no one's particularly bothered apart from the fans. Like the players are going to go at the end of the season. They'll progress their careers. We have to stay there and watch it every week. Um, like people who can't, some people don't even like. They might miss a meal to take like a ticket to go and watch the match. That's their luxury. A Borough player who's like not really bothered about the couple contract, he'll take the forty grand a week and just be like, oh well, I'm off anyway. I'm not bothered. Um, so like my point really is that we're going backwards. Woodgate probably isn't the man. Um, I don't think you can respect him. I don't think he's a Borough legend either. Um. And if he wasn't from Millsbury, he wouldn't have had the job in the first place. It is essentially a job for the boys. And we need someone externally to take us forward. And the balls is very much in Gibson's court now. I don't think it's to do with the fans anymore. I think the fans but, are going to vote with their feet now. Yeah, but Gibson won't fall on his own sword. I mean, it was his idea for this whole Woodgate project Woodgate anyway. Was, so. It's a free hit for him though. It was a free hit. I know, but he's he's got that uh, going down that route of oh well, we could have gone for this manager or that manager, but we've stuck with you know an internal appointment because Woodgate was obviously here before he was was appointed manager. So it's it's seen by many as is the easy way, you know, the the, the cop out appointment. Um, Gibson is is supremely not loyal, you know. We've we've all seen that over the years. Um, he won't fall on his own sword and, and get rid of uh, Woodgate. I think we we're probably stuck with him. Um, and and we will stick by him for probably the rest of the season. And I I would say, unless things go incredibly sour, and and you know in November we our form is incredibly poor, then I think we'll stick with him until then as well. I will stick. I think we'll stick with him as well. Um, do I think he's the man? No. Um, but Peter Peter Venice uh, sent us a question. <laughs> um, he he did say. Um, who would you like as manager next season if 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 Woodgate was to go? Um, I kind of agree. I think we, if we were to sack Woodgate, you need someone lined up ready to take over the next day because we don't have time to change it now. Yeah, if it's um, dragging on for weeks and then we're we're trying to interview people and look about, it's kind of you've got to already have that 
and it seem harsh on someone because you see at other clubs where it happens where they've already got someone lined up but you've got to because like you say you need them to come in um, get to know the players and everything as quick as possible and need to know in the transfer market who they want um, and other staff that they want to bring with them um, as well but yeah I mean in terms of names um, you know every time people ask this question that every name um, of manager who's out of a job just kind of itch just just a, just a, just eludes me but I was having a look um, at a couple and you know, the names that crop up are the same sort of names all the time and then even ones that you think oh yeah actually that would be good I think it would just be unrealistic for Boris so you see people like Mark Hughes and Neil oh, Warnock God. Chris Mark Hughes, Hughes and, no thank you like mm. all like all these type of managers it's like yeah it's all it's just other versions of Pulis almost isn't it it's like okay yeah People might look and be like, oh, yeah, Chris Hewton was good because he you know, got Brighton up and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but you'll complain when he comes in and he plays <laughs> a certain type of way of football. It's like, the, like I mention all the time, and it's a bit of an easy answer. It's kind of someone we don't know. I'd rather it just be someone we don't well, know because we don't have no preconception. It's like when Karanka came in almost, it's yeah. kind of like, right, it's a fresh start. No one no one knew who he was. That and all. that if, was even a if proper people, project. Yeah, even if people pretend to know who he was and they might have heard of him because they watched a couple of Real Madrid games or whatever it, no one knew what his, his coaching style or um, tactical setup would have been so I think if it's someone you just someone you just don't know um, you know you're looking about and you see even names like um, Javi Grazia Kike Sanchez Flore, uh, Flores Vincenzo Montella like all of these names you just think well you can think of jobs that they've had and um, certain ways they've played and fans weren't happy with it and stuff and it's like just go with someone that when Southampton got Ralph Hassenhutl, it's like you know who yeah. who was Ralph Hassenhutl? It's like Leipzig manager, wasn't he? Was he Leipzig manager? Don't I don't think so. No, I don't I'm think it was, sure. no, I don't think it was him. No. Are you sure? We're going on sorry. Um, yeah, but you know that's the point I'm trying to make. You, you look about and you know the same names will come up. Alex McLeish. You know, who, who wants Alex McLeish at your club? Alan um, Kirbishley. <laughs> Alan Kirbishley, yeah, he's probably like 80 years old or something. Um, yeah, other names, um, just looking, Walter Mazzari, uh, Mark Van Bommel. Um, you know, these are all obviously people who are out of a job at the moment. Clarence Seedorf, but, you, you know, names like this, you know, are they going to come? Who knows? Philip Cocker went to Derby, so, so who knows? But, um, yeah, it's, you know, when that position was came up in the summer anyway we were linked with some managers like that and I was kind of advocating for it even even Michael Reisiger at the time and it was like kind of like oh, people, I remember that, yeah. and people were saying well there's no what, what's he gone and done it's like well how how do you know what he's gone and done we, do, we don't know any of the coaches what what level of coaching experience have had and every single day in the life they've had um we know we knew bits about Woodgate because mm. obviously he's a he's a poor lad and we knew he was already working here we knew he had a scouting job at Liverpool before that um, but yeah I probably agree I don't think he is the man to take us forward but at the same time I think sacking him now and knowing what Gibson's like we've had one foreign manager ever um, he burned bridges with him so he's never he's never going to come back um, he's probably lost a bit of distrust um, you know Brexit's happened He's not, he's not going to get no one else in who's foreign again. So it's going to be it's going to be someone who's who's British who's who's going to come in. So like you say, it's, it's from the top, Johnny. Like you say, as Dave Roberts said, um, "Borav no grand plan." Mm. The, the, there's nothing 
there's nothing there to suggest that we have a plan in place to grow the club exponentially like when it was in 86 when they probably did have a vision in mind to be like you know what we're going to build a new stadium we're going to go to the Premier League we're going to try and win tr- uh, silverware at this club now it's just kind of ah we'll do this for now because we think it's the best best thing for the time and then two years later think what are we doing this is rubbish and we'll change it up again well, and we'll, we... we'll get we'll get little bits of mediocre success in different places I don't think that's down to the manager usually I think it's down to the players you have you know uh, alright they can squeeze a little bit of uh, an extra degree out of people you know Pulis um finished fifth and seventh which with a few extra players added to this current squad but really it's kind of you know Traore was kind of you know, if we had Traore now we, we probably wouldn't be, be 18th in the league mm. it's kind of it's down to the players as well so no, I think we do have we, I think we do have a vision I think the issue with Borough is that we have no structure to that vision so you can go and say right yeah we want to play fast slick attacking football and you know we want to progress to this point but if you don't have the appropriate structure behind the scenes and I, I've said it so many times before on this podcast director of football change up the recruitment team considerably coaching staff as well you know we need proper coaches in there like you said you know the best person for the job that isn't necessarily you know just a jobs for the boys candidate you know, I feel like Borough do have that vision. We just have no structure to go alongside it. Yeah, it's like graveyard. It's a graveyard theory, isn't it? Where you want what you, it's essentially the graveyard theory is where what you want on people to read on your tombstone. Um, and what and from there, it's, it's like saying it's like a goal objective as well. So like you you get your goal and you work backwards from that. How am I going to do this? And you write with like the director of football, the proper coaches. So then it the thing is like it's it's a fundamentally bigger problem than what we've got on the pitch. Um, I think with Adrian Bevington going and like going, it's like he's left, but there's definitely a reason behind him leaving. We just not really sure of it yet. Um, there's no Bowser anymore because Woodgate's appearing in every single signing, rather than Bowser. I feel like he's maybe taking a step back on that, and Woodgate's trying to take more of a fundamental role in the signings itself. So that's going to be changing again. Um, but if Mills would want to have like an identity, really, you just just look at the stands. Like, look, look who's turned up every week. Look at your fans and say, like, well, what's the what is the area? It's working class. It's gritty. It's steel. It's determination. If a player gives you a hundred percent, we give a hundred and ten percent back. It's it's similar as that when friend yesterday, he pretty much snapped one of their players right, and we we sang for about a good five minutes just because of that tackle. We, we didn't do anything else. Um. So you look. I think you look at the fans and you say, right, okay, well, this is what we're not. Okay, we're not going to play like Guardiola or Klopp's type of football. But what do we look for first? Hundred and ten percent effort, right? Okay, we'll get, well, that's that's number one. Two, what type styles are, are completely different? You have to pay suited to what you've got. Um, but in terms of type of player, what type of player do you want? Okay, I want someone who's a bit of an, a couple of engines in midfield, right? A couple of people. I want two defenders. I think the two defenders that we have. I think the one positive thing I'm going to say about Ayala is that like he kind of represents the town a little bit because he just doesn't care but he'll, he'll just snap someone for the sake of it <laughs> but that's what like most of Borough's like like we will literally just snap someone and then we'll be like alright then no bother um, we'll carry on we need like that two that car there like Duncan Ferguson at Everton like he represents the club and he represents what everyone stands for hence why everyone loves him name like a couple of players now that Borough fans can resonate towards Silence. 
You can't. You Crickets. can't. You can't resonate with any of the players that play. So, yeah, okay, some of them from the area, like nice one, but like, you're not gonna like parade. You're not gonna. You're not gonna parade them around like the whole of Teesside, are you? You know what I mean? You're not going to buy them a drink in the Dickens in the summer. Like, yeah. so it's like, they need, you need to sweep your front porch before like you do anything else um, and how we move forward. I think the only way we're going to move forward is if, like you said, Dan, you've got structure in place, you've got a goal in mind, but look to your fans first. Look at your fans and say, well, what do these fans represent? Build a team around your fans. Um, because at the end of the day, they pay for these players to come in. And if the re- a team resonates with a fan, then you're on to a winner regardless of the performance. It happened um, under Southgate as well when Southgate first came in, um, and he was saying he wanted to, to, you know, all the, saying all the right things in press conferences and that, like Woodgate was. Um, but you know, look at what happened again there with um, you know some of the signs we brought in: Marvin Emnes, Didier Digard, um, Ali Adier. It was kind of like, it, and then it kind of gets trumped up to make make it look as though it, it's class and really it, it wasn't all those players were were not very good um <laughs> you, you know you managed to get one that's kind of um all right or whatever you know you picked up like Tunchai Stanley and, and he's one that you know represented everything yeah. that was because he ran the yeah. full length of yeah, the pitch all the time yeah, he, he, did. He, he always gave 110 yeah. percent Grant Ledbetter why does every Borough fan love him even though he's a Mackham yeah, because he he gave everything. Like yeah. when I'm looking, when I looked at the game yesterday, I, honest to God, like I was just thinking, like none of them care. Like I've just paid like forty quid, pretty much throughout the day to go. Um, well, I don't know, twenty ticket, I don't know, whatever, whatever it cost me petrol and stuff like that. And it cost me like four hundred quid for the season anyway. And I've just give four hundred quid to a club that's not even bothered about us. I'm just a number of them. Like, mm. oh well, oh well, at least some, at least someone's gonna get like. <laughs> At least, at least, like about one percent of the fan base is going to get a free pint every week. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's like you're saying about sort of um, fans, you know, sort of voting with their feet, and um, the only real action, um, you know, is to to not go and stuff. I think, I think it's difficult because even though, um, you know, even though we could do that, like you mentioned, obviously with the situation of some of the other clubs, it's not that bad for people not to go um, because even though people might be frustrated with Gibson's decisions and um, how he's run the club over the past 10 years, I think there's still that feeling of like, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not absolutely shredding the club to bits. He's still kind of, oh, no. he, he did, no, no. He did do that thing in, in 1986 and, and whatever. And, and like we always say, he's not immune to criticism, but I think it's, it's never going to get to that point, unfortunately, where, um, you know, where fans are going to do that because it's kind of, um, I think we still are quite loyal to to most people. We're still going to go, and I think I think still think we'll get a, a loyal fan base, even if we went down. I think, yeah, I yeah. think there'll be like there's ten thousand seasons. Fifteen thousand there. Yeah, like, if, if we week went down. in week out, there'll um, always be that. So it's yeah, it, it's very difficult because obviously, like you say, if it's if it's almost bad, but it's not quite bad enough, it, there's not going to be huge change unless someone at the top realises it because fans aren't we can't take enough action to do anything about it apart from just you know random podcasts and social <laughs> media and um, shout stuff like I said on the way out of the ground other than that there's there's nothing more you can do to affect it really it's kind mm. of you've got to hope that um, you know something happens like you mentioned it's a business it's a business game so we're not you know even if things do change drastically I don't think we're going to turn into um 
Wolves or Southampton when they were sort of finishing the top six and so on over overnight with with Gibson in charge. You need investment, and he he doesn't really have it anymore. As much as you, people might say, okay, it's a risk to get rid of Gibson and bring in some Chinese owners or something like that. At the same time, look at what it's done for for some of those teams like Wolves and Southampton and, and various other clubs that have got to the Premier League and done it. So. Mm, it's a proof of one thing, isn't it? You don't want to go. You don't want to go down so many routes. I think if Gibson ever sold it, he'd sell it to like someone else from Tayside. That's, that's yeah, that's that's someone, yeah. someone English who he knows, who he's trusting. <laughs> That'd be funny, but someone who he knows and he trusts. I don't think he speaks to many Chinese foreign investors. I think when they probably came in and um, even tried to when, when there was rumours of it in the past and so on, um, when they float around fly meet the moon. I think he's if any of them were true, I think he's probably just laughed it off and he's probably never even entertained a, a negotiation mm. um, because, yeah. I mean, it's probably a good thing because he's probably thinking, well, you know, would they ever pass the, um, was it the fit and proper, fit and proper test? Uh, yeah. Fit and proper test, but anyone can pass that these days. I think I can. If Stuart Dill did, then anyone can, can't they? Yeah. yeah, but that's what I mean. It's kind of like, at the same time, we're not going to, we're not going to, it's hard to get back to those heights of where we were back when we went up and we were setting the trends for the Premier League of signing foreign players. It's left us far, far behind now and it's only going to get harder and harder every year with the money those teams in the Premier League are getting. So, you know, it's either that way where you're doing it through money. Um, obviously, you still need some sort of structure in place to, to do that. You know, it happened with Notts County. They got tons of money or whatever and it didn't, it didn't happen and didn't rise up the leagues like a football manager style. Um, promotion but at the same time you're either going to have to have the money to do it or if you're not going to um, you've got to have a an unbelievable recruitment policy in place um, with the right staff and everything clicking at the right time like Brentford if they do go up this season like perhaps Norwich did last year um, Sheffield United Cardiff whatever um, so there's the two ways and, and both of them at the moment I don't think Borough, Borough have got it either way to go down so mm. yeah interesting interesting chat um let's move on let's be a bit more positive let's chat about leeds hey <laughs> um right okay so Middlesbrough oh, play leeds on wednesday night um at the riverside i'm going to be in a train full of leeds fans to the game uh coming home from work so it's going to be lovely um they're going to be singing march run together and beating crap out of us so Dana, I'm going to pass the mic over to you, um, Els as well. Look at your average positions, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't got, I haven't got nothing uh, on average positions. Um, <laughs> right, okay, pass the mic over to you. Um, let's look ahead to Leeds, 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 Leeds. Um, yes, I mean, I, I guess obviously with Leeds, most people sort of um, know the team and sort of um, the way they line up now. Bielsa has sort of played the the four one, four one four one. You know, since since joining, pretty much, um, you know, the team's sort of fairly stable. Um, you know, Luke Aylin, Ben White, Liam Cooper, Stuart Dallas, Calvin Phillips, Helder Costa, Click Hernandez, Jack Harrison, Patrick Bamford, who the Leeds fans surprisingly hate, yet is their top scorer on 12 <laughs> goals. Um, More than what we've got. Yeah, exactly. Which is our top on eight. Yeah, um, I've seen a, a compilation video of all of the misses he's... Uh, he, oh, he's had this season. And, yeah, um, he's missed some pretty bad, bad chances. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the team on paper's you know very good. Um, it's going to be a tough game. One player we we were kind of talking about on the way here, um, 
and and why he's maybe not starting um, only because he scored two goals against Borough on my FM save um, <laughs> in a in a two nil win. But uh, Barry Douglas hasn't even got a look in um, from mm. a, a promotion. It's interesting promotion side in, in Wolves, but yeah, um, you know the, the team there looking at it on paper, you know, very good. They've, they've sort of had this shape. The you know Bielsa knows his best team. They've, they've had a, a little blip um which has seemed to have sort of came out of they've had two one nil wins in a row now so the the ground grinding out results and um trying to obviously you know seal um promotion um through doing that um so yeah i mean you know they are what they are and they're in the position for a reason it was all kind of fun and games for borough fans when um they were getting getting beat um (laughs) last couple of weeks ago but um, you know, there's no, there's no lying that I'm, I'm quite scared for for Wednesday to be honest. So, wow, well, Leeds are a wonderful club. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Johnny. Um, thanks, but, thanks yeah, we'll So, Dana said she's not going to mention any jinx stats. Mm-hmm. Okay, no jinx stats. So, what are you going to bring to the table then, Dana? Just some stats for the betting people, really. Um, they've been under 2.5 goals scored in eight of Leeds nine uh, last nine games in the Championship. Uh, I'll be taking notice, football gods. (laughs) They've also been uh, under 2.5 goals scored in Borough's last three uh, home games in the Championship. And yeah, like Elliot said, uh, I'm not even going to look at any jinx stats because I'm sick of it. (laughs) I'm sick of it. But uh, yeah, um, who scored here say that uh, a prediction leads to to dominate possession? To be honest, it's not hard against Borough with uh, the midfield that we've got at the moment. Um, looking at form, uh, last six meetings, we've won one out of the last six. Uh, Leeds have won two, and there's been three draws. Obviously, the last um, meeting uh, with them was that 4-0 drubbing at Elland Road. The last one at home was 1-1 when Wingy scored, and then it was about half an hour added on. I love that goal, by the way, from the Lewis Wing, but carry on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a good goal. And it was outside the area, wasn't it? Still, I was inside. No, I was inside. It was, it was inside. inside. Also, Wing actually does score from uh, inside the box. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, but yeah, uh, there's been two nil-nils as well, actually, in the last six meetings. Uh, one of them was when Ben Gibson got sent off, I believe. So there's there's been a few red cards this fixture, I, I seem to remember, from the past few years. I think Tony McMahon got sent off in one of them, maybe. Um but yeah, I mean, Borough failed to win the last eight matches. Um, no wins since the New Year's Day victory over Preston. So, like I mentioned earlier on in the show, we were actually uh, t- second bottom in the form table. So yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not looking forward to it either. It's going to be awful as well because they always, even though it's a Wednesday night game, they're going to bring a good crowd as well, aren't they? They're always oh, yeah. they're always in full voice. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, it's just one of those as well. If they go one nil up the the whole stadiums, it's just gonna be you're just gonna hear leads, leads, leads yeah. all around the stadium. And it's oh, and they will take the biscuit as well. They'll, they'll take. Oh, please don't. I'm gonna have an hour and a half on the train before like even the game starts. Oh, there'll be Leeds fans in the home <sighs> end as well, like there were last time. Yeah, there always is, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I made the fatal error of um, flicking the V's at the the two Leeds fans behind me in the last game and then obviously Calvin Phillips popped up with that 
late equaliser. So again, me tempting the footballing gods. <laughs> Maybe you I should just stop. I'm just I'm just to tell you to keep your mouth shut. I think. Yeah, I'll just stand there and just internally say things, but not like say it out loud. Yeah, like, like just like stand just there, be quiet, and then go home and throw a dart at your dad. Yeah, yeah, I think I think <laughs> you need to get, no, I think exactly. you need to get your dart board out before Wednesday and start plugging it out like. You know, Bamford and yeah. Oh, Bamford's yeah. gonna score. Bamford will definitely so score. I'm, I'm putting money on it. Like I've, <sighs> I've done it against. Uh, I've done it at the wrong times this season. So I done it when when we had that Preston game and David Nugent came on. I thought oh, I didn't yeah. play a bet on for him to score. That didn't happen. But then the games when we have played people, um, so Djokovic and Reach, I didn't put a bet on them. Um, and then who did we? We played someone the other week, um, Expora player, and I put him on. Um, Not Martin Craney, was. was it? No, it was, was uh, someone from. I think it was uh, Stewie Downing. I, oh, put right. it, I put it on, and mm. obviously that didn't come in. Um, but yeah, I'm doing it at the wrong times. I think. Oh, so. he's, he's going to score. I'm going to do Bamford. Bamford and Ramirez, two players that I've, I've never been more disappointed in. <laughs> disappointed? Why Ramirez? Oh, okay, for the yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I loved him in the championship season, but score predictions? Anyone? Score predictions? Fearing the worst. <sighs> Oh, very positive uh, on this podcast at the minute. Very positive. Three uh, 0 leads. Uh based on how the grand note results and based on that, I don't want to see a three 0 driven. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping the only beat is one 0 Yeah, I'm hoping we just That's get a shot on target. To be honest, <laughs> um, there's no, I haven't got much left. Oh my god, do you remember that one game against Leeds ages ago when we were on like a five game uh, goalless uh, run and Matt Page accidentally played pig bag in yeah, the middle of the yeah, game yeah. when we have a shot on target i want mark page to play pig bag nah he's not gonna play pig bag he's gonna, mark, he's gonna play i got a feeling <laughs> 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 honestly if we win it i got a feeling <laughs> on, it'll be it'll be up every time it'll make my week well that's what i mean we haven't won yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm i actually miss it yeah bring back black eyed peas maybe you should play it before the game yeah maybe yeah. you should maybe it'll, it'll push us on to get a win yeah, I'm gonna. I think Leeds will win. I think they've got a lot more um, than we do. They've just got they've got the fight to go up. We don't have any of it, and that's what I've been alluding to from most of the podcast. I think they'll win two goals to nil, unfortunately. Um, and I think Millsborough have two shots on target. Oh yeah, should we do a shots on target? Shots on target prediction. Uh, I'll go three. Three shots on target. Three. Three shots on target and we'll go two. Um but that wraps things up guys. Um thank you very much as always for joining me and ranting this week. Um give us a five star rating on the podcast apps, um helps us get charted, but also allows other Bora fans to find us in the search menu as well. Um and just give us your thoughts as well. Um this has been the Bora Breakdown Podcast. I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana and Elliot. Hopefully we might have a shot on target next week. See you in a bit. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Chat all day long.
Red Army Radio. The beautiful game.